All right, welcome back to the big program. 801, 9 degrees in the City of Champions in the Capital Region, looking for a high of 20 degrees today as we welcome in our Thursday co-host, Ladislav Schmid, former Edmonton Oiler. Laddie, how you doing, buddy? Good morning. How you doing, big guy? I'm doing good. Been up since like what time? Four forty-five. Four forty-five. Yeah. Maybe you want. To, you should just come on and co-host right at seven. <laughs> I'm not ready to to talk to anybody. Yeah. I just I just go to the gym and be quiet in my zone and you know uh, just go through my workout, get that, ready. That's your routine. You get up and have a good workout early. Yeah. Uh, not usually this early. Yeah. You know. Special occasion on Thursdays. Yeah. Well, you got to be sharp. You want to have a clear e- mind. Look, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Look good. Feel good. Yeah, that's uh, that's how it usually goes. So, uh, yeah, glad, glad to be here. Oh, awesome. Um, uh, let's bring in our daily guest at uh, 8 o'clock, our NHL contributor, our king, our gun, the fire, Mark Spector on the mark. He comes on every day at 8 o'clock, uh, powered by Booster Juice. Visit a location today to refuel, refresh, and re-energize or download their new Booster Rewards app to earn, order, and enjoy. Hey, Spec, uh, how's it going, big guy? Doing okay, Kev. How are you doing, man? Good, good, good. You know, I was in uh, the grocery store yesterday, and I just had to bring this up because a guy came up to me and said that he was listening on Monday. And uh, he said he is all for the charity cycling race between you and Lorianne Munzer. Because we did talk about that on Monday, uh, and he did say that he wanted. Yeah, you're really pumping that up. Huh? Well, I think it's we could be we could do something so great, you know, raise some money for Sports Central, anything. We got what our bike race, bike race. Lorianne Munzer, Olympic yeah. gold medalist yeah, in I cycling. Know, Speck would be on his bike with his helmet, laddie. You mean outdoor? Out. Well, I would be well, scared for Speck. Yeah. Well, I mean, Lorianne could be on a stationary bike and beat Speck on a, a real bike. <laughs> I'm not going to comment on that. <laughs> You're not that would be the right? only way I can race her. I have a chance of winning if she was on a stationary bike. <laughs> Don't oh. take that, Spec. <laughs> yeah. Hey, remember last week, Spec, you and Laddie were kind of giving it to each other right off the hop. He did. There you go. I was a very polite. I'm not hearing Laddie <laughs> on my end, boys. I don't know what's going on, but I'm not hearing him. I think you might have him now. Check that out, Spec. How you doing now? Laddie. They're trying to shut me down, I guess, already. <laughs> There you go. Yeah, perfect. So, you know what? We were talking about, Spec, the movie The Replacements. You remember that movie? You watched it. Never watched it. Come on. So you, Okay. So, Laddie, he's seen it. The Duke has not seen it. I'm European and I've seen it. Are you serious? So, okay. It's Gene Hackman, (laughs) Keanu Reeves, football. Nothing, Spec. Nothing. No, uh, no. After you know what, watching Laddie play kind of <laughs> scared me off TV a little bit. I can't say. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I stay away. Wow, from again, taking shots. Eh? <laughs> He's all over you, Laddie, for sure. <laughs> I was spreading joy for so many years. Oh my god. <laughs> well, okay. So you didn't watch the replacements, have you? Got what would be some of your favorite football movies or even sports movies, Spec? Any given Sunday, no. Well, it's got to be. Yeah, best football movie by a country mile was Rudy, let's face it. Oh, um, come on, really? Come on. I'm sure he didn't say Waterboy. <laughs> <laughs> longest Yard? What's the Longest Yard with Burt Reynolds? That was pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah, but Burt. Friday yeah. Night. Yeah. Um, you know, a funny story with, uh, uh, with Any Given Sunday. That's one of your favorites, Laddie? Yeah. Um, so. Tom Gilbert. 
I said to him one time in the dressing room, I said, because you know what, like, remember about three, four minutes left in the game, they would play the on the Jumbotron on the scoreboard, they would play the Al Pacino, you know, claw for every inch, yeah, that yeah, thing. Yeah. So I said to Gibby, I said, boy, that must fire you up. And he goes, yeah, but it fires up the other team too. <laughs> Fair point. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I that, do like pickled herring, however. I do gotta you? say that. Oh yeah, we were talking about pickled oh, yeah. herring on the way in uh, when you were driving in, Laddie. Have you ever do you do you like pickled herring, Laddie? Not really. Oh. Well the Duke so okay, we we're all over the map here. Duke hasn't seen the replacements. Laddie and I have seen the replacements. Speck hasn't seen it. Speck and I like pickled herring. Duke and Laddie would throw up at pickled herring. We're yeah. not exactly on I the same uncle, page. I had an uncle at Christmas time, an old Latvian uncle who'd give you You'd take a nice little piece of rye bread, yeah, and you'd put a pickled herring on it, and then you'd take a shot of aquavit. That uh, I think it's Danish. It kind of tastes like caraway seed. It's awful, but it's not <laughs> as awful as the pickled herring. So you eat the pickled herring, and then right when you thought you might throw up, you slam down this aquavit. And there's something about both of those tastes. They're both so bad that when coupled together, they're actually pretty good. <laughs> so all you folks out there, you want a new Christmas tradition, get right after it. <laughs> you know, Speck, last week, uh, it was uh, when you weren't on, but Laddie was talking about how he likes, um, well, he's baking a lot and a lot of smoking and barbecuing, right? I did my best ribs yeah. yesterday. Best ribs yesterday. I so far. My 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 wife even liked it. Huh. I don't mean to be inappropriate, but hopefully it's gonna you know, she said I might get lucky tonight, so <laughs> <laughs> just because of the ribs. Oh man. Well, it, that- it took me over two hours to to Yeah. Yeah. To accomplish that with three kids in the house. So <laughs> not a, not an easy feat, but um yeah. I enjoyed I enjoyed it very well. Oh, there you go. We're, we're, this is going off the rails for you, Spec, isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, you know what? You know what was worse than pickled herring? What? The Blue Jays laugh. Oh, how about that? So you okay? You watch. So you watched the whole game, or what'd you do? Uh, I did not watch the whole game, uh, but I was. Uh, I mean, ten nothing in a game you have to have. Yeah. Nothing mm-hmm. better than a single for the whole lineup. O for four for Bichette. Bichette hasn't had a hit the whole series. Vladdy's doing nothing. Vladdy's uh, Vlad, Vladdy's hit was an infield single. Yeah, no, it's uh, that team is uh, there. You know, every I mean, Vladdy knows this. If if you're lucky and you're good enough, you earn the position in the season to get to a series like this. Like mm-hmm. some teams never get there; they're done. Yeah. But this team's just good enough to get to a series where it's in the palm of their hand, and they just have to perform and and send themselves on their way. And they have soiled the sheets here. They've lost all three games, and it's getting worse. And the big boys aren't producing. And, uh, you know, the crowd's booing them off the field. And, oh, boy, you know what? It's not pretty right now in Toronto. Why do you think the crowds have been so few and far between for this series? They had the lowest uh, crowd of the year on Monday, Spec, and only uh, 25,500 last night, biggest series of the year, and, and no one's coming out. Why do you think that is? Yeah, I don't know. You know what? It's a really good question, and mm-hmm. it's not it's not a sports town where there's much else going on right now. It's Toronto you know, it's fans. <laughs> yeah, I well, I don't want to be crapping all over them, but you know they're pretty high maintenance, if I might say. And you know, like a couple bad games, and I, I feel that's that's what's going on right now. You know, they forget it's it's just a, it's just a sport. You know, every every team goes through a slump. I know it's a wrong wrong time of the season to go through that but you know I, I still believe they can make it they're not 
they're what, one game behind? Uh, they'd be one game out of the wild yeah, card. Yeah, yeah, out of the wild card. So, but they lose the tiebreakers because they are not ahead of those other teams. So, um, I, I know, but uh, I think the other teams are playing between each other too. So, uh, yeah. You know. Hey, Spec, what do you think of the job uh, Ross Atkins has done as general manager in Toronto? We were talking about it off the top. You know, he traded to Oscar Hernandez. They probably might not have been able to sign him anyway because of funds, but trade him for Eric Swanson, technically eighth inning reliever. He's done an okay job. Okay. I mean, he's done an okay job. He puts a competitive team in the field. But I'm here to tell you, you had Alex Anthopoulos, mm-hmm. and you, you didn't keep him. And he's built the best team in baseball. He makes the playoffs every year in Atlanta. He's one of the very top, and he's still a younger guy, one of the very top baseball executives in the world. And for some reason, the Blue Jays' ownership – Who's you know I work for, in yeah. uh, Rogers decided Alex Anthopoulos had to go. They brought in that whole crew from Cleveland that had never done anything, and what do they got in Toronto? They got an okay team. That's what they have. They're they're above average, but not much. And Alex Anthopoulos is absolutely killing it in Atlanta, and that is a, a fundamental franchise mistake that they're not going to get over for a long time, in my opinion. 2015, Alex Anthopoulos said to the Atlanta Braves, uh, NL East champions since then. And and again, one of the key things that he's done there is he's locked up all the young talent. A couple of years ago, he started to, to really sign all these younger guys to long-term contracts and everyone in baseball was going, what are you doing? What are you doing? You know, you don't have to do this right now. Well, he's ahead of the game. He's ahead of the curve. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Laddie, did, are you a big baseball guy? Do you watch a lot of ball? No, not really. <laughs> Baseball is not is not my kind of thing. But when there's not much going on, I obviously mm-hmm. like most of Canada cheering for the Blue Jays. So I do put it on TV and I I cheer them on. And, oh, I, I want them to make a playoffs. My son's starting to like uh, mm-hmm. baseball as well. So you know, it's uh, you know not a huge on baseball, but yeah, yeah I, you know, just re- like rest of the Canadians, I you know want them to do well. All right, Mark Spector's uh, with us uh, for Booster Juice and Ladislav Schmid, our weekly Thursday co-host. Um, does it feel, Speck, that hockey season's kind of here because we're starting with Oilers rookie camp technically today in Penticton. They've got their first game tomorrow. Does it feel like it's kind of starting to you? Yeah, it's it's that time of year, right? I'm, I've got a couple last days here. I'm not in Penticton with a team. Uh, there's not much going on in the city, so as you can see behind me, I'm sitting out in the lake here for yeah. a couple of days, which is real nice. Uh, but I was thinking about something I want to ask Laddie. You know, one of the stories to camp here is Broberg to me, Philip Broberg. Mm-hmm. It's a really, really big camp for him in his career, and and everyone in Edmonton's hoping he takes that step that, that uh, Evan Bouchard took, uh, and the Oilers are too. So here's my question. Is it fair? He's going to have to do this probably on the right side. He's a left shot, young defenseman. They're, he's probably the only spot in the team for him is on the right side. Mm-hmm. Is it fair to take a young guy in this stage of his career and say, okay, we're going to give you playing time. We're, we're hoping you can take the next step, but you got to do it on the wrong side. Is that fair to a young player, laddie, young defenseman? Whew. Tough question. <laughs> uh, fair. Well, what's fair? Like if uh... – yeah, that's don't tough. you got uh, you got to adjust, right, Laddie? I, I that that's my like. If you yeah. want to make it to the in the NHL, and this is all, hey, 
I'm gonna take my experience, okay? Mm-hmm. Like I, I was drafted, high draft pick. Everybody expected me to produce points and all that stuff, but you know, it wasn't happening. And when I came to the Oilers, uh, you know, especially the second and third year, we had so many puck movement defensemen, and you, you know, uh, everybody wanted to be on power play, this and that. So I had to rethink my game, and I need, I needed to uh, realize that it's not gonna happen for me offensively. So. I might as well focus on the D side, be good on the penalty kill, be hard to play against, and that's what I did. And that's how I get got my minutes, you know? And it was a huge adjustment because growing up, I was always, you know, always a number one defenseman on, on the youth teams and power play. Mm-hmm. But I had to, you know, change my mindset. And that's what I did. So when I look at Prober's situation, you know, maybe it's not totally fair to him, but if he wants to be in the lineup, he might have to adjust. Mm-hmm. So there it is. I think spec in a nutshell, um, you want to be in the NHL, you don't want to be in the AHL, or you don't want to be uh, traded, uh, move to another team, make the adjustment, do what you have to do to stay here. Well, it's a, it's, it's a, all the defensemen will tell you that it's a lot harder playing yeah. your wrong side. It's different than being a winger. I, I've always been mm-hmm. instructed yeah. and told by NHL players that the shift from left to right on D is harder than the shift from left to right up top. Um, yeah. Uh, but you know what, Laddie, I hear you. Like, there's a lot of guys out there that would kill for the chance to make an NHL team on their wrong side. And the door's wide open for this kid. So if you're telling me that you got to play the cards you're dealt, well, I guess that's the cards he's dealt. And uh, let's see if he's a good enough player to make use of it. Because to me, I don't know if they're going with 21 guys. Yeah. Kevin, are they going to have? Are they going to have seven defensemen? That was my yeah. Forward? My next thing. I, I think with the ability to be going six to seven defensemen on a daily night, that offers you the options, and that's what a coach wants: options. So. I, you know, and you you don't know what's gonna happen. There might be injuries. He might switch back back to the left mm-hmm. side. Um, but I I play with TJ Brody, and he was a left shot, or he's a left shot defenseman, and he plays amazing on the right side. Yeah. You know, just for some guys, just it clicks. And uh, I I feel like offensively as a left left shot on the right side, you I don't know. Some guys like it better that way but yeah defensively and you know breaking out the puck it's not as comfortable but that's just yeah my my point of view hey spec what chores do you got to do around uh, the lake today what chores ah uh, you know i don't like chores much kev <laughs> uh, uh, i gotta watch philly and minnesota play i think that's a five o'clock game tonight tough well, life. 620 uh, by the time they get going yeah uh. Tough life is right. I got to watch that game. Yeah, I might, uh, I might clean out a gutter here and there, but I also <laughs> might go play eighteen holes. You know, so. Oh, really? Good for you. Well, I mean, enjoy this. I mean, we got great weather in the next few days, so enjoy that, and uh, yep. we'll we'll check in with you tomorrow. Thanks, Beck. All right, Kev. Okay, but uh, that was on the mark. Energized by Booster Juice, you can get the boost you need. At Booster Juice, when we come back, we will check in with our headliner of the day for Mr. Reuter, Frank Saravelli from the Daily Faceoff. This is the Kevin Carrier Show with co-host Ladislav Schmid on Thursday on Sports 1440. All right, welcome back to the big program. 820, Kevin Carrier is with you along with our Thursday morning co-host, Ladislav Schmid. Uh, Mark Spector just joined us uh, for Booster Juice. And uh, Laddie, you were kind of talking a little earlier with Spec about 
Philip Broberg and, you know, it's a situation where you need to have that opportunity, but you have to take advantage of that opportunity. Um, when a player is still finding his way, how long did it take for you to find his way and to find your way? And then how would you kind of relate that to where Broberg is? Well, I cannot speak for him, for, yeah. for him, right? But uh, for me, it t- took a while, a few yeah. years, you know. Uh, uh, I didn't know what is to be to be uh to be like a pro mm-hmm. you know and uh, like you learn from the other guys and you know from the from your leadership group and it took me a few years i'm not gonna lie the the good habits uh good practice habits uh how to carry myself on and off the ice uh training was big part you know that i thought i was i was uh you know working hard but yeah seeing the other guys in the <laughs> NHL, it's totally different level. And, uh, you know, it kind of stuck with me. Um, yeah, so for him, we talk about it might not be fair, yeah. you know, to play on the right side, but, uh, you know, if you can get some reps and some get some, like, decent minutes, I'm not talking about 9, 10, 11 minutes, that, yeah. that wouldn't be very beneficial for his uh, development, right? It's probably better to, to get some confidence in the A and, you know, play some yeah. decent minutes, good matchups. But if he can get some decent minutes, uh, yeah, I, I would be all for it. And mm-hmm. I think he's going to look at it as a good opportunity. For sure. Let's bring in our headliner of the day, brought to you by Mr. Reuter. They are sports fans like all our listeners and are pumped that Sports Talk Radio is back. For all your plumbing needs, you can go to mrreuter.ca. Daily Faceoffs, Frank Saravelli joins us now from Philadelphia. Hey, Frank, what's the, what's the mood like in uh, Philly with a big Thursday night football game? Yeah, it's game day. Everyone's jacked up. I'm uh, I'm actually taking my nine-year-old son oh. to the game tonight. Oh. It's his first ever Eagles game. You kind of have to wait until at least this age to to bring them. I'm not sure if I need to bring earmuffs or not. And, and also, like, just they're going to be amped up. I'm hoping not, like, over the top. Crazy, yeah. Because it's uh, – I know that the parking lot's opened at 6.30 this morning and <laughs> – what? They're going to be yeah. well lubricated there. Oh, are they ever? Do you know Dave Zangaro from uh, NBC Sports Philadelphia? I do, yes. Yeah, so we had Dave on at 7.20, and, uh, you know, he's pretty fired up, and, you know, we were talking about the, the, the atmosphere, the fans, and, it, I mean, there's nothing like it, is there? No, and look, this team, Super Bowl aspirations, the Eagles run this town, so um, everything else is a pretty distant second. Okay. Do people take day off? Like yes. Like a full day off? They- <laughs> Like middle of the week, day off, yep. and like they just delegate. So, Laddie, like to explain it to you, this is this is like religion here. I mean, yeah. there's only eight or ten home games a year, and people quite literally plan their their life around this team. So, like thurs this any Thursday night game, any Monday night game. A lot of guys even go so hard on Sundays that they take Mondays off throughout the year. <laughs> To recover Love and it. it's kind of like there's there it, this is a working class city so yeah. um you know some guys it's like they have their family their their wife and then they have the eagles there's no vacation there's no like i've got season tickets to the eagles and that's my that's my jam 
That's awesome. That's great to hear. Yeah, for sure. More Tech- fans like that. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're passionate for sure. Text lines uh, open one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. Our daily headliner is uh, Frank Saravelli from Daily Faceoff. Uh, I don't want to touch too much on it, Frank, but obviously the big uh, news in hockey in the states has been uh, the Biz and Babs uh, controversy. Um, uh, to be honest, I think a lot of people are tired of talking about it. But can you kind of just wrap it up? what you're kind of hearing and feeling down there with this situation? Well, there's actually been a slight development this morning. Um, Marty Walsh, the executive director of the NHLPA and Ron Hainsey, his assistant have traveled to Columbus today to meet with players, to talk about this as part of the investigation as to what happened. Um, (laughs) I think my answer on it and my thought process is that, the truth probably lies somewhere in the middle. I don't think it's quite as nefarious as presented by the guys at Spit and Chicklets, and that's not to knock the reporting. I've talked to a number of players, you know, frankly, going back to Mike Babcock's time in Toronto, who who felt really uncomfortable with it. So I do think there's definitely some some truth and veracity to it. And I also don't think it's quite as innocent as Mike Babcock presented it in his statement, which was backed by Captain Boone Jenner, who puts, I actually feel really bad for Boone Jenner. He's been put in a really difficult position. He was mentioned by the Spit and Chicklets guys. He's the captain of this team. The the GM and the owner and the president are all looking to him for support, and he has to attach his name to a statement. So it's been incredibly awkward. And the other thing I will say is, Mike Babcock entered this season after sitting out for four years with a number of accusations and allegations laid against him. He needed to come into this season squeaky clean. Mm -hmm. And the fact that he hasn't um, is, is probably a red flag. Like we haven't even made it to training camp yet. And this is already percolating and bubbling under the surface. And I think it could be a long year if, if this is, you know, something that doesn't go away. Laddie, have you kind of got a, a player's perspective on this? I haven't talked to anybody yet, uh, really. I just uh, read all, yeah. you know, from, uh, you know, Babcock statement, player statement, uh, Boone Jenner, like you mentioned, tough situation. What is he going to say, right? Um, I agree with you. You know, Mike Babcock set out for a few years, and then this is the kind of first thing impression yeah you know you all you have to do is just come in and just you know just get ready for the season this is just brings a bad kind of light on uh, columbus blue jackets and i don't know where the where the truth lies right like Mm -hmm. nobody nobody knows but um yeah i even if if it was done in a good faith I, i can see that some guys would feel awkward or feel um uncomfortable doing stuff like that showing pictures and you know so i i don't know and and giving his past too yeah you know who who knows i don't want to assume or judge but yeah it's it's interesting to me and and like there there was no need for it i in my opinion like it's just like now everybody's focusing on this instead of having a rebound year and get better right Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah, not a, not a great not a great situation. Frank Saravelli is our uh, headliner of the day for Mr. Reuter. Uh, so Frank, with this uh, investigation regarding things going on with uh, with the Walsh and um, uh, Hainsey, 
how long will that take? Do you, do you kind of know if they're going to just wrap this up quickly or do you know what the process is here? Yeah, I would think that this gets wrapped up pretty quickly. And the reason for that is, to my understanding, all of the communication from the players on the ground in Columbus that have sort of gone through the Mike Babcock experience they haven't really sounded the alarm. Everything that they've mm-hmm. relayed to the PA to this point has been, hey, this thing was overblown. Uh, let's you know put this behind us. We don't have anything, that, you know, any issue with what's happened here. Let's move on. But I think the fact that those two guys were, were just in Vegas, I believe, at the NHL, NHLPA player media tour have now made a detour to Columbus. My big thing is, is there something else that we don't know about uh, that might be lingering here that caused them to go there? Frank Cervelli, Ladislav Schmid on the Kevin Carey Show, Sports 1440 coming up to 8.30. Uh, wanted to really a couple of texts are coming in, Frank, uh, from uh, our text line at one 401 I've been tailgating. Uh, in Philadelphia, this comes from Cat Dad. It's no joke. It was awesome. I ran into Canadians from Montreal, and they welcomed uh, me in. Uh, so you mentioned Frank that they started lining up at six in the morning, similar to what I guess they they were trying the longest tailgate going ever uh, in Kansas City last Thursday as well. Yeah, six thirty, I believe the <laughs> gates opened. So and they start drinking at six thirty. Yeah, probably started drinking last night. Kick off. Until 8.15 tonight. That sounds like Czech Republic for me. Oh, my God. <laughs> Good for them. Uh, so what time would say so you're going to go down with your son? You said he's nine. Um, mm-hmm. So what's what time would you head down there? And like what, what would be the process and, and kind of the, the fan experience for you tonight? Yeah, I'm kind of debating that. I'm going to I think I'm going to scoop up my brother at like 530 or six o'clock, get there around 630, throw around the football a little bit. Mm. Uh, maybe crack a parking lot beverage or two and then head in and and get settled. Um, from Greg, the Ryder fan, Silver Linings Playbook shows the fanatical Philly Eagles fans quite well. Are you familiar with that, Frank? I am. Uh, Bradley Cooper. It was okay. a pretty good movie, too. I like the message and, uh, and the story. A little dark at times, but I thought mm. it was great. Oh, cool. Uh, anything going on out? Like, we've got uh, the Oilers rookie camp going on in Penticton here with a couple mm. of other teams. Oilers start things off tomorrow with a game and then uh, wrap things up Monday. Do teams out east kind of get together and do something similar, Frank? Yeah, there's a few different uh, similar type tournaments. Mm-hmm. There's one always in Traverse City, Michigan. Uh, they think there's four or six teams there. I think Nashville and Florida and some of those teams do their own thing uh, where they do a few rookie games, the, you know, out East where everyone's so close. I think like usually the flyers and devils and Rangers all kind of do a little bus trip, a scrimmage, the caps Mm -hmm. are involved. So there's very similar stuff around the league and, you know, rookie camp to me, um, I know it's really important for the players to make a strong impression. It doesn't, I get the sense it doesn't always move the needle unless you have someone that you're really excited about. And yeah. I'm not sure that that's necessarily the case for the Oilers 
this fall. Yeah, for sure. It's a way different feeling. I mean, back in the day when they had all the number one draft picks for you back. You needed it. Yeah. And then there was an excitement. I mean, reporters, there was like tons of reporters going out to Penticton. Um, Mark Spector said he's been out there like 10, 12 times. But now, the, yeah, again, the needle just isn't isn't moving. Uh, Frank Cervelli is our uh, guest on uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays on Sports 1440. Ladislav Schmid, our Thursday co-host from 8 to 10. Um, we've been talking about teams out east, Frank, uh, since uh, last week with you. but And you did mention the New Jersey Devils. So um, how would you... Um, parlay, how would you look at uh, the Devils uh, heading into this upcoming campaign? I really like where the team is heading. I thought when you look at the summer they had re-upping Timo Meyer, <laughs> acquiring Tyler Toffoli, who was so good in Calgary. Um, I think they've added some smart pieces uh, further down their lineup that can compete. And I really like the youth factor I think the only real lingering question that I have with the Devils, who they don't have a ton of experience on their back end, and that could be a bit of an issue, but I'm looking forward to seeing someone like Luke Hughes, um, you know, take off and, and add uh, to the really impressive few game start that he had with the Devils. Um, but the only real question I have is their goaltending. You know, when you look at, Akira Schmid and and the year that he had, um, it was he was really good in the playoffs. Um, but Vanacek, I think, kind of leaves me wanting a little bit more. And I, I, there's no question about his skill, his commitment, um, his work ethic, things like that. I think the only thing that we and we talked about this, I think, about Jack Campbell as well. It, it's between the ears. Um, when you get to the crunch time of the year and you get to the playoffs and you really stumble, um, this is a team that has legitimate Stanley Cup aspirations this season. They think they can take the jump from round two to round three or four, and I wouldn't put it past them. But when you look at their goaltending, that to me, there's lots of gambles this year. Um, I think that's not the craziest one, but I think they've got some room to grow still. Yeah, I, t- I totally agree. Uh, the Vanacek is actually my friend. He's, uh, oh. He used to train with us in my city. Uh, I think he's a, he's a good goalie, but still a little bit in experience, I'd say. Like, he's got, you know, a few years under his belt, but still, you know, it takes for goalies a little bit more time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so there's definitely a question there, but... For me, watching New Jersey Devils last year, that was one of the most exciting teams to watch. And the U factor is amazing. It's not, if they won't make it this year, it's not like end of the world. It's going to add, few, you know, another year of experience. And they're they going to be together for a while. And like I like what I've been seeing. I hope it's going to happen for them mm-hmm. sooner rather than later. But like I said, if it's not going to happen this year, no big deal. Ne- there's always a next year, and they're going to be together. They're going to be even better. And, yeah, I I think they are, they are very well, well positioned to succeed in the next, so next few years. As someone who's been traded, when you see Timo Meyer enter New Jersey and he really was – very quiet, especially in the playoffs. Mm. Does it now that you know you're going to be there? You've signed the eight-year mega deal. 
does he settle in or is there still going to be some, you know, trying to figure this out? I don't think there's any excuses for him, no. I, and yeah, he was, he was quiet. You know, it's a big adjustment going from west to east, you know, after so many years being on San Jose, he was the guy there, right? Towards the end, especially. Now there's more big dogs on that team in New Jersey, but now he knows where, where he's at for next, you know, at least few, mm-hmm. few years. Quite well, a few. Quite, quite a few, a few <laughs> years. Uh, you know, there's no excuses for him. And, and I expect him to be a leader on and off the ice, and I'm excited for him. He's a hell of a player. So uh, that's, a, that's a big, big piece to add. And also with Tyler Toffoli, yeah. I, I thought Toffoli was uh, most reliable forward on Calgary Flames last year. Yeah. He, when they needed him, he scored some clutch goals and, you know, he kept, he kept them in, in games and, you know, kept them in, in a hunt for a playoff. So, and, you know, and he also, he knows what, to, what it takes to win the Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a big thing. Well, uh, hey, Frank, thanks for doing this. Uh, enjoy the game tonight. It's a good, it's a going to be a great father moment, son, I would imagine. Does your son have a favorite player on the Eagles? Yeah, he's a big Jalen Hurts guy. Yeah, so, so jersey. Wearing the new Kelly Green jersey today, oh, and yeah. he's excited. Uh, he already wore it to school today. So I love it. Oh. <laughs> well, it's going to be great. So really enjoy uh, your night at uh, at the link, and uh, look forward to hearing all about it on Tuesday. Have a good one, guys. Yeah, yeah have a great too, weekend. Man. Enjoy the game. Enjoy. Uh, that's uh, Frank Cervelli, our uh, daily headliner, uh, headliner of the day for the daily faceoff. Um, and it was brought to you by Mr. Rooter. Uh, there's a reason that they call them Mr. For all your plumbing needs, you can go to mrrooter.ca. Uh, whole bunch more to come with our Thursday co-host, Ladislav Schmid. This is uh, the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. 8.41, welcome back to the big program. Kevin Carey's along with Ladislav Schmid on a Thursday morning. Um, good weekend of weather uh, coming up. Uh, Going to be nice to enjoy some things Outside, uh, coming up at 9.20, we will check in with uh, Laddie's good buddy, former teammate, countryman, Alish Hemsky from Dallas, Texas. Lucky guy. Lucky guy, isn't he, eh? Yeah. Um, we talked about a lot. Why do you think he, it was a weird place for him to land in my, to retire, you know what I mean? Or to spend, you know, kind of post-career. Did you kind of see him going down there? Not that first, but uh, yeah, um, I, I guess it, he he mentioned when he played in Dallas that he they him and his wife really enjoyed yeah. Dallas a lot. Good weather, uh, good schooling program, mm-hmm. um, you know. So it made sense. They, you know, I always viewed him as a true Czech guy, so yeah. I thought he would end <laughs> up he would end up uh, in Czech, but. Yeah. Uh, you know, he met, he married. Uh, well, she's originally from yeah. Brazil. Uh, yeah, she he married Julie. So I guess you change your plans. And uh, you know, I'm just uh, glad that he's happy where, wherever that's gonna be. And you know, they're raising two beautiful boys. And mm-hmm. yeah, so Dallas cool. it is. Yeah, for sure, big D it is. Uh, text line if you got something for Ladislav Schmid one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. Laddie, we kind of touched on it last week a little bit and. You had to deal with some personal problems uh, in in the last little bit. Mm-hmm. I, I, I kind of wanted to touch on that, and you said, "Yeah, let's talk about it." And yeah. um, so, if you kind of just want to 
I guess relay uh, to our listeners, you know, what you were going through and, and how you got through things and, and what what happened, I guess. Uh, yeah, so I went through recovery uh, treatment. Uh, that's going to be almost over three months ago. I went to this place in uh, NBC and, uh, you know, prior to that, I, I struggled with uh, uh, alcohol, alcohol addiction and uh, drug addiction as well. Uh, for me, it was one was going the, with the other, but uh, yeah, you know, I, I would throughout my throughout my whole life, I would you know go out once in a while and you know drink and you know enjoy myself stuff like that and you know kind of uh, you know like like all the other people you mm-hmm. know I, I thought there was no problem you know I played hockey and I always had hockey kind of like as my therapy and. You know, stuff happens over the span of your life. Uh, you know, divorce and ups and downs, stuff like that. You know, stuff that happened uh, in the childhood. Not like I had a horrible childhood, but, uh, you know, mm-hmm. my <laughs> I love my dad, but he could be pretty hard on me yeah. uh, growing up. So, you know, there was a lot of, lot of stuff, a lot of stuff that I didn't talk about, I didn't really know about, and I was just pushing it down mm-hmm. and down and... You know, when you stop playing hockey, all the stuff that you were putting aside and like kind of repressing and pressing mm-hmm. down and, you know, don't pay really any attention, don't get help. It, uh, all that stuff was coming up for me. And, uh, you know, the easiest way to d- deal with that was alcohol and drugs. Yeah. You know? And uh, I'm not going to go to super details, but towards the end, uh, you know, it wasn't like I would be going out and partying and stuff right. like that. I would be just drinking at home and, yep. you know, uh, also occasionally do drugs. And uh, But it would be like by myself in the basement, you know. I wouldn't be around other people. I would be just sad, feeling sorry for myself. And, uh, you know, it got so it got so bad that, um, you know, I, would, I, would, I wouldn't sleep for like two, three days. Um, and, uh, you know, it caught up to me one day. Uh, my family was visiting from Czech and, you know, I was kind of, I guess you can call it a bender, but yeah. at home bender, nobody would know. I would sneak around, I would hide stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they couldn't even tell, really. My wife busy with kids and, you know, my parents, they maybe suspected something, but not really, but uh, yeah, I... We, me and my wife went for a dinner date and after we came back, like she had no clue that I didn't sleep for like two yeah. days straight. And uh, yeah, I had a seizure, uh, kind of watching Oilers play a game. And yeah, I was I had a seizure for like 10 minutes next to my dad. And uh, my dad is 85, he almost had a heart attack. And they thought I had stroke, No, like they had no clue. So I woke up, I woke up from my seizure and there was like firemen and paramedics standing in the middle of the room and I had no idea who I was, where I was. I didn't recognize the people around me. I trying to fight them off me. Mm-hmm. Finally, they settled me down and like I didn't remember what happened. And then 45 minutes later in an ambulance, I kind of started to realize what happened and started to remember. And, uh, you know, so I was at the ambulance. I was there by myself. And then my wife was driving to the hospital. And, uh, uh, yeah, when I got there, I... I I just broke down. Uh, I was, you know, crying to her. Like I, I just pour out everything, mm-hmm. all my feelings. And she was, she was mad that I didn't tell her and what I was doing for, you know, like t- t- 
two, three months. Uh, but she was also happy that I didn't die. I, I was alive and finally realizing that I need help. And yeah, that's what I did. I reached out to the Oilers alumni. They hooked me up yeah. at the NHLPA and I picked this place in BC and I went there a week later. Uh, yeah, and I was probably the best thing and bravest thing I ever done because asking for help is not easy. Yeah. Um, you know, I was certainly wasn't raised like that. It was it wasn't really on the table to show your feelings, really. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but uh, all these insecurities and you know, like even throughout the playing career, like all the pressure and stress. And I, I know we get paid for it, yeah. so it's part of the job. And um, but yeah, I'm I'm I didn't realize I was an addict, you know. But I wish I could go out and have a couple of beers, but I can't. I can't stop it. Yeah. So I rather stay uh, sober and. Yeah, but back to the story, I went to the treatment. I stayed there for 40 days. Um, it was tough, especially the first couple of weeks. It mm-hmm. was it, it was tough, like weird talking about your feelings, about your childhood, about yeah. your career, and you know, what, you know, what was happening throughout my life. Uh, like I mentioned, like divorce was really hard, especially because I, I had to retire from hockey for a year and a half in Calgary with my neck issues, but then I got a green light that I could start playing again. But in that year and a half, things weren't going well with my now ex-wife and we separated. And I moved back to Czech to restart my career and I wouldn't see my twins really. And it was hard and I hit the booze and Mm -hmm. the other stuff there for a little bit, but I was playing hockey. So I'm like, you know, I need to get my stuff, you know, stuff together and uh, you know can do this while playing hockey so again i repressed everything and yeah i was able to kind of recover from that but not really solving anything i just put it aside again i i had hockey you know i'm hockey as my therapy and uh yeah so that was that was that was a big thing and so for five years i played hockey again everything seemed to be happy seemed to be good but last two years of hockey again i started to miss my kids a lot and i had some uh surgeries and again it was kind of just some rough times but thank god i had my wife with me and you know she kept kept me kind of straight but like i mentioned i stopped playing hockey retired and you know moved back and yeah i wouldn't change it change anything but uh again this might sound bad because I have everything anybody can ask for. You have beautiful, healthy family, you know, fairly secure, but there there was this void in me. Mm-hmm. You know, all of a sudden, big part of, I, I play hockey since four and everything was hockey, hockey, hockey. Yeah. You know, and all of a sudden you, you don't have that. And um, yeah, it was okay for a few months, but then when, when the season really stopped with the Oil Kings, I pick up, pick up the bottle again, mm-hmm. drugs and, that's when I hit it hard. And again, well, it would start like once in a couple of weeks yeah. and every week. And then during the big days and that's just snowballed and it wasn't pretty. And, and honestly, I never believe in a higher power, but you know, they, they taught me that everybody should have kind of higher power. And I think that was my higher power, like slapping me across the face. Mm-hmm you know, having seizure and like wake up or you won't be around here. And uh, so I take it as my second chance. I'm not gonna be perfect. You know, I always had these unrealistic expectations about myself. Yeah. 
player, human being, coach, you know, if if I didn't succeed there or, you know, get up there to fulfill my goals, I failed and I would feel like a failure, but it's unrealistic. You cannot be perfect and I live my life that I have to be perfect and it's something in my childhood that my dad yeah. trying to like push on me, but no, it's not realistic and now I know that I'm I'm going to screw up like everybody else just a human being I had a great career but you know it's over now and I have to move on and I'm not gonna put all my stuff on higher power and God yeah. save me like I I hold myself accountable you know I did that stuff I did it to myself and thank God it didn't go on for a long time um, like I said I'm in recovery still dealing with a bunch of stuff but I'm doing what I can meetings counseling uh talking more mm -hmm. with my wife, which might be very weird for her <laughs> now that I am sharing my feelings and how I feel. Uh, but I think I think uh, my family and my kids can see the difference because towards the end, I was very, <clears throat> not not physically abused, yeah. abusing, but verbally, I was, yeah. I was short patient, irritable. And they had no, especially my kids, like, why is dad so grumpy and stuff? And it broke my heart when they, even when I came back from uh, recovery, they were like, what changed daddy? Mm -hmm. Like, like you're, yeah. you're different. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah. So I didn't want to go to the detail with them. Mm -hmm. You know, they're too small, they're eight. Uh, but I, I, you know, I said I struggle with alcohol and you know, I, I need to get clean and get my uh, head clear. And you know, hopefully daddy's going to be a different person now. And I think they, they can see you know, me in a different light and, you know, I'm, like I said, I'm so happy I went through it and now I'm, I'm sober. I, yeah, like I don't force it on anybody. Like if you want to go for drinks, like fine, I'm, yeah. I'm not there yet to go into the bars or like the restaurants on a regular basis, mm -hmm. you know. I can see people having drinks, <laughs> that's fine. You know, it doesn't, I can go to the uh, liquor store and pick up a bottle of wine for my wife because she has like once in a while she has glass mm -hmm. of wine, but she's very supportive. She clean up all the booze yeah. from the house. So I don't know, uh, yeah. you know, like I, I don't see it. It's If you don't see it, you don't right. do it. But yeah, there's, there's some days that, you know, my mind wanders mm -hmm. and I'm like, I wish I could like, you know, have just one or two, but yeah. I know it's not, it's just the addiction talking. Maybe you can have a one or two. Yeah. And then, you know, next thing you know, it's you're back in a, that dark, lonely place. And yeah, I don't want to go, go back there. That's a lot of Slav Schmid, boy. Um, powerful, inspirational. Um, it's not easy to open up all the time. And for Laddie to do this on the airwaves, uh, this morning, uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about it when we come up back after the break. But for him to open up, I mean, you've helped people today. You, you might not know or feel that, but in the last 15 minutes, you helped someone. And in, in maybe, maybe it wasn't with an addiction, but maybe it was something else that they're going through. And they see a guy like yourself that can get through a tough time so you have helped people today just by your answer and just by talking about this so we're going to discuss a little bit more we got 
Tons of uh, techs, all, I mean, so supportive, and we're going to get to those uh, when we come back. Uh, it's a Kevin Carey's show with Ladislav Schmid on Sports 1440. Here's the Duke.